Hello, welcome once again to Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, a weekly discussion of the television series Westworld on HBO, based on the, I guess, the original property of Michael Crichton, and is run by showrunners Jonathan Nolan and his wife, Lisa Joy. Jonathan Nolan is uh, a screenwriter for many of his brother's films, Christopher Nolan. Uh, the show stars Evan Rachel Wood, Sandy Newton, among others. And we will uh, talk about all that tonight because that's what we do here. We are an, a podcast that has been mentioned by Huffington Post. So three years ago. That is true. But then again, three years ago. Good. And I think that was also the last time anyone cited the Huffington Post. <laughs> That's probably true, too. And also, the show probably has gone, been gone for three years anyway, and it's just suddenly appeared this year. So, there you go. Anyway, uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am here. Indeed. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, so today, for folks who are curious, is July twelfth, two thousand twenty-two, Tuesday. We're recording this uh, a day later than usual because I double booked the podcast recording on Monday, the eleventh, on the same day as my thirteenth uh, wedding anniversary, and so that wasn't going to happen. So we had to well, push back. which which was really terribly uh, inconsiderate of you. To not consider, uh, you know, recording these podcasts with Eric and I 15 years ago when you were getting married, or however long it was, Thank really you. should have planned that in. Uh, and, and all the all the listeners too. So I apologize to everybody. exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are here uh, to uh, discuss uh, the latest episode because what we do here on this podcast is we uh, basically talk about each episode of the television series uh, weekly. And uh, tonight we'll talk about the third episode, uh, but you can find us wherever podcasts are found. So under the Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast feed, or you can go to Dark Discussions podcast feed, which includes the original podcast of the Dark Discussions News Network, Dark Discussions News Network, as well as this one, and a few other spinoff podcasts, and uh, that can be found wherever podcasts are found. But we also have a, a website called darkdiscussions.com. You can email us also at darkdiscussions at AOL.com and just type in Westworld as the subject, and we will read your email on the podcast. Or you can just go to darkdiscussions.com and choose Contact Us on the menu, and that will open up an email form that you can send us as well. Uh, what else can – well, actually, Eric will save that for the – the regular Dark Discussions podcast website. Or, yeah, uh, I already pitched that once a week. That's enough. Yeah, fair, <laughs> enough, fair enough. But we do have Patreon, and you can just go to the website. And yes, go it. click on the P, give us some money. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, so um, uh, what we do here, basically we, we talk about everything and anything, uh, spoilers and whatnot, basically give uh, our three perspectives on each episode. Uh, we're assuming everybody has already seen the episode because if you're a fan of the show, you would probably be listening to this podcast. And if you're not a fan of the show, you would not be. So we're assuming you already saw the episode. But again, you can find it streaming on HBO Max 
Uh, anyway. All right. So uh, I guess we can get into uh, tonight's episode. Uh, tonight's episode uh, was called uh, Mike. Could you re- repeat that for us? What offline? You uh, as best as I can, given my zero years of French in school, uh, Annis Falls. Right. If my grandparents were alive or my father, they could have pronounced it perfectly. But that works for me. What you said, Mike. So Annis uh, Falls. We're referring to a prolapsed anus. I think is what it's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, this show shows pretty much everything on the uh, characters, so yeah, that could be possible. Uh, this uh, was directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, written by Kevin Lau and Suzanne Rubel, uh, aired July 10th, 2022. It is the lowest rated uh, or lowest viewed when it was live streaming out of the three episodes so far. Uh, last week's episode, which we didn't have the numbers for, uh, last week we do now was 350,000 people watched it and this episode here episode 3 of season 4 I think it's season 4 right? I can't even remember now um, <laughs> yes and uh, which is the 31st episode of the series uh, had 310,000 people so that's a drop of 40,000 from the second episode and 20,000 from the first but of course as Mike always mentions uh, we never get the numbers of random streamers that just go and decide to watch it whenever. Um, right. And, and the, the two things for that is is that one we don't know what the total streamers are, which is really what they're going to be most interested in, and you know how many people and subscribers are subscribing to HBO Max, which is really the the bottom line for them. But then, like, and we've talked about this for years. In I don't know if we've talked about it specifically on this podcast, but on on various podcasts we have no idea how the economics of any of this shit works uh, this is not like it, it's a movie the movie costs 100 million dollars to make the movie made 50 million dollars the movie lost money you know it's it, it's there there's no clear budgeting out there for the public to see to know whether this is a profitable or unprofitable venture for hbo max and that is true yep uh I guess the times are great. changing where Nielsen isn't as important anymore. But, but either it way, it ain't, it ain't great. It ain't great that yeah. this is the lowest rated of the season. I'm guessing it's got to put it near or at the bottom of the series as a whole. Probably, probably. And yet we could argue that this was the best of the three so far. But we'll discuss all that shortly um, when we get into the episode. Um all right, I guess we can get into the episode. There was nothing really else to discuss. We already did house oh, cleaning. We, yeah, yeah. So uh, one odd thing about this episode, I felt, was Evan Rachel Wood was not on the show. She disappeared pretty much. That was well, this week. We've got to switch her nonsensical bullshit storyline out for Bernard's nonsensical bullshit storyline. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I may have a little theory about I'm that. I'm irritated with the show, in case you didn't pick up on that. Fair enough. Really, so, I, see, I didn't have a problem with the Bernard bullshit, because it's familiar I, I, bullshit, it's bullshit we've seen before. Yeah, and and, and to be honest, I, I actually enjoyed that more than the Tandy Newton stuff. But Well, that's also becoming nonsensical bullshit, and it's all nonsensical bullshit, and I'm tired of the nonsensical bullshit, I just want a story. I don't know where the nonsensical bullshit is. I, it all made it's sense to all me. all over the place. Yeah, it well, all made sense to me. Well, well, 
you know, you know, I'll I'll play fuck this show. I'll play the the centrist and say I understand both your points. <laughs> I, I do. I do. There's fine people on both sides. Yes, exactly. There is. <laughs> and and I do not think either of you are out of line for saying whether you thought it was bullshit or you understood everything and it was pretty decent. Um so yeah, I I'm it's fair. It's fair. All right, so uh, I guess we can um, get into uh, stuff. I don't know uh, where we want to begin, what storyline we want to talk about first. Uh, let's uh, talk about the uh, let's talk about the uh, Evan Rachel Wood storyline because uh, it's not here. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I have upsetting. to. Well, I don't. I see. It. I actually didn't realize it wasn't there until the end of the episode, uh, and I was really enjoying this episode and. I did. Then I realized, oh, wait a minute. We didn't see anything from Christina. Yep. I was like, I wonder if that had something to do with how much more I enjoyed because she went from being the most <laughs> interesting part of episode one to the least interesting part of episode two, to being completely absent in episode three. Right. And, and, I, and generally speaking, I have found the show getting better over all three episodes. So, um, or sorry, I was definitely excited about last week and this week. And this week, I really didn't find any any dull parts that I wasn't interested in, which is why I'd probably give this an edge over last week. Um, but yeah, so not a great sign. Although this may end up, I think, giving us some more information about what's going on with um, with her storyline, regardless. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I, I did uh, feel leaving her out, even if her storyline had become weak in episode two of season four. Uh, but having her not here and then leaving the Teddy cliffhanger for another week kind of sucks. And also, uh, out of all the actors involved, since uh, Anthony Hopkins is no longer with the show, um I enjoy Evan Rachel Wood the most, um, at least the last three seasons. So having her miss was kind of a disappointment. She's a fine actress, but I don't think this season is highlighting her best work. Yeah, maybe, maybe you could be right. I mean, I mean the first season she was really good. Um, you know, she played the, Innocent. Season one and two, she was awesome. Season the three, she was of. still good, but the story got iffy. Yeah. And season yeah. four is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah. She she's, has a, she's just playing the millennial, depressed, uh, you know, uh, single, boring person right now. I feel. Like on. Yeah, they haven't they haven't done enough with her. I was going to say, you know, it's, it's not just I don't, she's not drifting. Right, she's not just you know through her story. She she did take some uh, independent action last episode uh, in going to investigate stuff on her right, own. The hospital, but uh, going to visit uh, an abandoned hospital that's in the process of being sold is not what I consider compelling storytelling. Sure, that's fair. It would be a small part in a larger puzzle. I'm aware of that. I'm not preemptively judging that story arc. I'm just saying sometimes you hit a lull in the storyline, and that was definitely a lull in that storyline. Well, and Eric may have a good point here, uh, or maybe it was you, 
Mike that, that brought it up. Uh, actually, it was you, Mike. Um, which is, if none of it is real, except as digibytes, does it even matter? Well, it matters to the person who's experiencing it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it matters when, it, when I'm shooting zombies in Resident Evil, I guess. And <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, so uh, let's uh, talk about a little more about Dolores. Dana. Anything else anybody wanted to bring up about the missing Dolores? Anything? Oh. All right, I guess we can move on. Uh, let's talk about the other storylines. I mean, obviously, Ed Wood's character was, was or the man in black, if you prefer. Uh, Ed was, Wood? Was, I know, I don't know why I said that, Ed Harris. Um, <laughs> I was reading an article I just had about a picture Johnny, of him in, in a black dress. I, just, I was reading an article about Johnny Depp this afternoon, probably. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm guessing uh, his character, you know, he didn't have much to do this, this week, if at all. Um, but it was really mostly finally bringing back Bernard and um, Thor's brother, and then some more of, of the Roaring Twenties uh, with Tandy and the dude from Breaking Bad. I love so, how you've just, like, not even tried to remember character names. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was... I, I, I didn't want to say, uh, you know, do a pause and go, um, are, are, and then, and then say, and then suddenly scream out the name, you know? So I just said, this I actor, that actor, the dude from Baking Bad. <laughs> That's right. Thor's brother and the dude from Breaking Bad. Yeah. And Ed Wood. And Ed Wood. Yeah. So maybe, Eric, I'm, I'm leaning with you again. I don't know. Uh, which is unfortunate for our listeners because uh, our listeners uh, highly enjoyed our podcast. For the first two and a half, how do you know seasons? Uh, we had huge numbers, pretty good numbers. Just because they downloaded it doesn't mean they enjoyed it. <laughs> That's true. They, they could be yeah, doing it to torture themselves each week too. That's possible. Or, or just like they just don't bother removing it from the stream and they never actually listen to it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Th- though it does say uh, uh, actual uh, lessons and the lengths and all this other stuff. So oh, it was pretty, cool. we, we did pretty good. We did pretty good. Um, so hopefully we're not disappointing them now. But again, if the podcast quality has dropped, it may if, also if be we're because disappointing of that. them. It's because the show is disappointed. Exactly. Well, yes. well played there. Yes. All right. So where I do we want to start? Just disappointing the show. <laughs> I don't know. Where do we want to start? Um, let's start with the Bernard and Stubbs comedy hour. <laughs> Stubbs, that's it. Stubbs, Stubbs. Yeah, not, not not Thor's brother, but Stubbs. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that he's Australian. Because he full a, name he, is Stubbs Thor's brother. He, he, he does a really good uh, fake American accent because I saw him in the you know after show and the notes and the, the interview. You know, I've found that actors from around the world do much better American accents than American actors do other accents. Because they you know, watch you know, our movies, they listen to our music. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, it it depends. Uh, Brad Pitt's pretty good. He's done the Brits and the Irish act. You know, he's done some mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. There's a few of them. There's a few of them. But but Johnny Depp, he's been pretty good doing it too. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get back to this here. So, but your point is is taken, and Mike's point is taken as well, which is they listen and watch a lot of our stuff. Um, all right. So, 
let's talk about Stubbs and Bernard. Um, I had well, forgotten what happened. Okay, now, yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, I found this a little frustrating because the whole thing is Bernard now has seen every possibility of what can be. Um, and it's all a little similar to the Rohoboam bullshit from last season. And also very similar to another television show I watched on Hulu called devs. Oh, that's, um, you know, who does devs, Alex Garland, the guy that did. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I've just like, I've had about and, that flavor of fiction. <laughs> and, and it's also very similar to groundhog's day. Uh-huh. And it's also very similar to all the movies that were inspired by groundhog's day. And it's also a plot point in Avengers infinity war. Where Doctor Strange witnesses 143 million different possible realities, and to figure out the one way exactly. That they so he's Doctor yeah. Strange. He's seen the one possibility that can save us all, and now he's out in the middle of Mad Max world to try and accomplish something that we still don't know. So you understand it, right? It's not bull. You know, you get it. You're not <laughs> lost by it. Just because I get it doesn't mean it's not bullshit. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, I was thinking about that because uh, Rick and Morty, they, they talk about that, too. Oh, do they? Uh, yeah, the alternate. I haven't caught up with them. Yeah, yeah. So there's another show that does it, too. And, uh, yeah, we're all living different lives. You, you could be married to someone else in a different whatever and have a different dog in a different place you live. It's just weird. Anyway. But now he's got his special power. Dandy Newton has her special power. So... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, at some point, I, I think the problem, I've mentioned this earlier with Andy Newton's character after season two, like she just became super powered. Right. And, and now they're trying to wheel it back in because they know they kind of screwed that up. Right. And so I'm hoping, well, this season, God willing, gets to the end of Bernard's story. And that power will therefore be gone because we'll have passed his event for horizon, for lack of a better term, where he will no longer be able to see what transpires after a certain point. Right. Well, he'll, he'll get to the day after Groundhog's Day. Right. But but what 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 is he doing? Is if this is all just a digital world they're in? Not. That, it's not. He so was he's out of the digital, digital world. world. He came out of the digital world as episode. All right. So if he did that, so he used the digital world to do all basically played um, all the possibilities. Right. Right. So 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 he's Kasparov, uh, the chess player that, that predicts all the <laughs> five hundred moves. In if you want to look at it like that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so he is now doing the correct moves in the real world. Okay. But but I you know I still feel that is wrong that 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 can't happen and i'll tell you why because you know how he has these these rebels or terrorists or whatever you call them i don't even know what they're called this this group in the middle of the mad max world they they may not exist in the world after he disconnects from the digital world so for them to actually exist there even even if he says this is the best way to get to saving the world there's no guarantee that there's ever even going to be that group in the desert. Well, so I've always felt to... that was that was stupid. Well, here's here's 
again, now this is not the initial premise of Westworld. So if people want to jump off on this, I, I get it. I perfectly get it. You know, again, long, long standing, again, point of discussion in the Dark Discussions universe is the idea that you go in buying the upfront bullshit of right. whatever the, the story is you're watching. You're, you're buying it to believe in vampires or ghosts or killer robots in, in Western gear. Right, um, but, but the thing that's is, that's fine. It would have None been of cool. us signed on to a program about a supercomputer that could predict the fate of all humanity. That right. is true. But, but if you if you couldn't, so if you if that was a breaking point for you in season three, it is still going to be a breaking point for you in season four. But once you have now, now that we've gotten to this point, it is a part of this established universe, whether you buy it or not, just as it's a case of whether you can buy the idea of, of the Pirates of the Caribbean growing sentience and rebelling against well, the Disney workers. Um, well, well, what I was hoping was, is that he would go to the desert, he would get there, or, or that girl never shows up, and he says to Stubbs, this isn't how it was supposed to be. That's not how that they're not going to go through all of that setup, leave yeah. you hanging for three episodes for him to come out with a revelation and then go, oh, never mind. Right. So because that, I, there's no way the computer, there's no way the computer could predict all this stuff. Because even if it could predict all the scenarios, you still have to have that person fall off the bike and, and break their arm or that butterfly. Oh, right. And that's. On, the, that's that was the problem. Well, with and that's why, that's why when certain things happen, Bernard is like, well, that just didn't happen. That eliminates half of the possibilities. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's true. Right. You bought me a, uh, a snow globe instead of a postcard. So there's goes half of the, you know, 10 right. billion realities. Yeah, order, the, order the tuna instead of the DLC <laughs> or whatever. I got to say, as, as much as I was resisting, I did chuckle a couple times at the whole uh, Bernard messing with uh, Stubbs just being cryptic and then Stubbs figuring out what he meant. That Indeed. was kind of making me laugh with it. Like the tuna thing was one of them. <laughs> He'll sell yeah, I, guess, the tuna. I guess I'll have the tuna. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So I guess you're right, Mike. You have to believe the premise. And, and again, we don't have to believe the premise. It's just, well, it's established it part work. of this, the narrative at this point. So again, yeah. either you're with it or you're not. Right, that's right. And I don't. If you're not with it at this point, they're not dragging you into it. And if you're and you're you're with it, now is a weird time to decide you're no longer with it. Right. So I've certainly got my issues with the degree to which they manipulate humanity. I'm certainly willing to take the, you know, you put a leaf on the on the the, the one end of the river. You kind of know where it's going to end up. You just don't know the path that's going to take because right. you get all those little. That's the whole chaos theory thing. Is that life is predictably unpredictable and Rehoboam kind of ignored all those things like shit happens, right? That, right. Uh, like that, that you, you missed the, the manufacturing defect that's going to cause your tire to blow out and you're going to run over that child that was supposed to grow up to assassinate the president in 15 years. Right. And now we'll no longer do that. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, 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 it's an interesting premise, but there's a lot of holes you can punch into it. So we have to go with the premise, is what Mike said. And you're also 
both of you are, are computer people, so you also understand that a computer can only do, you know, use the data that's put into it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 you know, I don't think you know that the computer, especially not the uh, the sublime, the valley beyond. I don't think that was programmed in knowing what the end of the road diner had in its inventory for uh, pastrami. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you could just use something as as birth, where um, you know there's a sixty seven percent chance this one sperm is faster than the rest and will impregnate the egg, but that's still thirty three percent chance that ain't going to happen, and it's going to be something else. So you. It's it's you're right. There's way too much randomness and and unpredictability there's, in the there's computer. There's too much reality that's hidden from because even so, um, unless you have screened all the 300 million sperm inside of the man's uh, epididymis, exactly. you're not going to know even which of those sperm is that one and what the, the genes are in that one sperm. Exactly. And it's just there's way too but, much reality is hidden. I'm, but, I'm not even so mad with that as I am just like. Okay, now Bernard and Stubbs are in the middle of the freaking desert uh, with a bunch of Mad Max people who right. are hosts, I guess, uh, and they're hiding out in the desert because why? They said they're hosts. I don't know. Are they? She showed the lady. He showed the lady the maze thing, right? So right. I assume that meant they were hosts. Or, or well, that might just be they, part of the the symbol of the rebellion because. Of, if that was started by Dolores and Maeve. That maybe. All right. Right, right. Or it could be the railroad underground to save hosts. Who knows? I mean, yeah, we're going to figure well, out. Whether and, they're hosts or not, they're, they're in the middle of the desert hiding out and we don't know why or what they're trying to accomplish. And I get, I get really irritated with this show when it keeps on giving me more questions than answers. It's giving you fair. answers and then it's giving you more questions with the answers, I think. It's giving so, me more questions than answers. Right. And even the answers <laughs> Eric may not be satisfied with, too. <laughs> we were also in the first half of the show. The first beginning part of the story should be giving you more questions. And then that yeah. that proportion should be changing, should be changing as you get closer <laughs> to the end of the season. So we should be getting to the, the point around episode six where we should start getting a lot more answers than questions. And we should be reaching about an equilibrium point in the next, uh, I'd say episode or two. Of I questions hope so, man. This is pissing me off. Yeah, that's fair. So I've heard suggestions that um, from a number of sources, not sources, because I don't want to make it sound like there's people on the inside who know. Just other like the Joy's cell phone number. (laughs) Just I've heard from people, other fans who have suggested that maybe because Bernard, we don't know how long Bernard was asleep for. I thought it was four years, but you're right. It could have been a long time. No, he he just says he's been asleep for years. They never give us the exact number. So we don't know exactly where this is in the timeline. And this could be reality. This could be fans jumping on uh, assumptions based on. Uh, on stereotyping, but there's I've heard uh, some people have guessed that maybe the woman they meet up with in the desert is in fact Frankie, Caleb's daughter. Caleb's hmm. daughter, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same, same. Um, 
that would be lame. Ethnicity, possibly. Yeah, that's possible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to pull another one of these two timelines things like season one. Well, there could be a couple of different timelines going on. The problem with the robots is like we really don't know when we see Ed Harris, right? He's always going to look like Ed Harris does right now. Right. So, you know, we, we, we're pretty sure the Ed Harris that, uh, like that met with the vice president last week is the Ed Harris we're seeing now is the Ed Harris that faced off with, um, Thandie Newton in this episode. Sure. But there could be three of them. It could be. But we don't know, like, but the Charlotte Hale who pulled Ed Harris, uh, pulled William out of cryosleep. Where was that in her storyline? In the main, that could have been at any point if he was frozen, like, you know, like a frozen embryo. If he was frozen like a popsicle, and she brings him out of storage and puts him back, where did that happen? Was that a year at? Was it seven years ago? Was it in the present? Was it in the far future? Where is the the Christina storyline, the Dolores storyline, is that happening past, present, future, or in a simulation? So there's all sorts of weird shit happening here. That for, uh, that until these storylines cross over with characters that we know who they are and when they are, that we don't know the timeline for these. And at the moment, it doesn't necessarily matter either. But where are they in relation to each other? And another one somebody reminded me is that the Rehoboam said the apocalypse was going to happen in 15 years. And right now, right now, by right now, I should say in the, the for lack of a better term, the present timeline, I'm going to assume as the Caleb and uh, maybe after last season, seven years after last season. So that's only halfway to apocalypse, which means Bernard could be. That's a great album title. Halfway to apocalypse. That is cool. There you go. Um, maybe that's where maybe maybe Bernard is now post-apocalypse along with Stubbs. Although I think Stubbs may have noticed, like you would have said, "Hey, well, welcome, hey Bernard, since you were asleep, we had an apocalypse." <laughs> right. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right, Mike. But something like the end. Not that I'm thinking about it. It was right. Wasn't it end of the road diner? Yes. So end right. of the road diner could be, you know, oh, and they were talking a, about a, a foreshadowing of it being the being post-apocalypse. Well, and they were talking about the desert area um, was a wasteland that no one goes to. There's nothing there. Almost like that's bullshit. Uh, There's an ape city there. You know it. I know it. Oh, Doctor is waiting. I was I was going to say the uh, area fifty one. I was going to say Fallout five, where where that that radiation area that okay you have to make sure you wear your suit and then you go find the the mutant well, guy I, that gets you into the under the the whatever the the group anyway is. anyway yeah <laughs> follow five people know what i'm talking about or follow four actually it's follow four I think it's, yeah. okay. my wife just started playing whatever the whatever the one that that was in boston i forget what's going on uh, that's four, I think. Right? <laughs> so, anyway. do we have anything else to say about Teddy or not Teddy? Um, Bernard, Bernard and, and Stubbs. Uh, Stubbs. Um, read my notes for a second. So, uh, so on, on a side note, um, yeah. So, based off of how they say oh, it's a wasteland, you don't want to go out there. It's not like they're talking about, you know, the the 
Nevada desert or the New Mexico desert are talking about, or Mexican desert. They're talking about like it's bad and lousy. So it could be post-apocalypse. I think that's a weird inference. Well, <laughs> it, it just sounded weird. When, when people say you don't want to go there as if it's like bad and crappy and evil. Well, you don't want to wander out into the middle of the desert. You'll die. Yeah, but usually you say, well, it is a beautiful area. Uh, just, you know, make sure you, you have gas and, you know, don't wander off into uh, unmarked areas because you won't be able to get back. But <laughs> but, but they, they were talking about, like, you want to avoid it. I mean, again, it could have been just a red herring because she didn't want them out there because don't find my group. Mm-hmm. But it made it sound like it was more dystopian. So maybe Mike is right with the, and the and the diner being called the end of the line. And I hope that. not. That would be awful. Well, mm. I'd also point out that we don't actually have any idea, any good idea of the, the history of humanity leading up to this point. We know from, I think, a line last episode that the present is 150 years or so after World War One. I, I assume. Right. So that's place, placing this around 50 years in our future. Right. Um, so <laughs> but other than that, like, we don't know what's happened in that in, in that transpired time um so maybe this could be a leftover of an earlier war the the one thing i did that this is this is this is totally nitpicking so now that does does, did that or did that not look like a vehicle with some off-road capabilities that they were riding in yeah sure okay so they're in a desert and they're on a road in a desert and they stop because if they go forward there would be death lasers that would they would trigger or something, right? Mm-hmm. Did you notice what was on the opposite side of the death lasers? More desert. More desert. That that was like, it's like just putting that like the gate without the fence. Mm-hmm. And you're not. Why why did, why couldn't they just have gone around it? I mean, maybe there was something there. Landmines. God, we don't know what. where the lasers start. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it was all quicksand. Well, and this is what it is. It was probably inexpensive to create all the lasers to go miles and miles and miles because it's a simulation within a simulation. Oh, my God. Shut up. It's all digital. (laughs) (laughs) No, but there was no obvious insight source of the lasers. So I'm assuming in order to go around them, they would have had to go a long way. Right, right. And it's kind of weird, too, that they would have lasers and random people just dying out there and disappearing. It's just kind of stupid. Yeah, well, this is, that is certainly the sort of thing where, if, let's say, you were hired to write the novelization of the Westworld episode, uh, Prolapsed Anus, that um, you would make an offhand remark that if you were to go off or try to go around the lasers, that there would be a giant kaiju that would come and gobble up your vehicle or something. You know, you'd find some way to explain why you could, why you could not just walk around. Exactly. There's graboids hiding in the sand. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, which is kind of odd because I, I, I enjoyed, I was surprised because I thought I was going to hate it, but I actually enjoyed that storyline. And yet there's so many pot, uh, poking hose and it's, it's the water's, Rushing in. Well, they they haven't they haven't even tried to start explaining it yet, which is part of why I'm frustrated. Um, 
yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Mike, that you, you had written down or, or were thinking? No, that was it. Pretty much almost everything else is about the other story. There's actually two other storylines, um, but one is fairly minor. All right. Uh, well, let's talk about the fairly minor one then first. You want to do that, or, or do you think that would be better to go with the after the team? Well, the minor you know. one is that we see, um, and it does tie into the other, we just see that uh, Caleb's wife uh, and oh, yes. daughter yes. That's right. uh, are packing up to leave, being watched over by Carver, who we yeah. we assume, I guess, that it's one of his old buddies from the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I want to bring something up that I thought was weird about that. Harvard disappears briefly. Yes. Oh, I was just going to say that if you notice the the corpses in the trunk or corpse in the trunk, it had like that brown like potato sack covering. And if you notice in Bernard's story, when he tosses the corpses in the back of the trunk, they had a brown potato sack. So I was like thinking, were they the same car, but transposed into different simulations? Or am I thinking way, going way out there now? I think you're going way out there. Because no, I it was, think it's it was just, just in the future, they've all banned recycling bags, and so everyone has to drive around with burlap sacks in the back of the car with, with for when they pick up the their day. groceries. Yeah, it was just weird. because it, Which it was in like, the future is severed heads. Yeah, it was just weird you, you, because because it looked I, they almost looked identical to, in my opinion. The the, the corpses in the back covered by a, a potato sack, so it just was like kind of hmm, that's interesting. But like you said, I may just be thinking way too much. So let's go ahead and, and talk about that story with Caleb's wife again. Sorry to interject there, Mike, but it was just an interesting thing I thought. And I, I was hoping you guys would go, yeah, you're right, Bill, but you said now nah, you're way up there. So anyway, so it turns out Carver is a host and he proceeds to try to to go Terminator on uh, on them and and try to kidnap them, execute them. We're not really sure what happens. It was kind of Uh, weird, though. We've seen this recently in a lot of films and TV shows where they have an opportunity to do it hundreds of times and they never bother doing it. And then they're found out and then they want to do it. So it's like, why why didn't he just take them well, out? Well, I don't think his goal was murder initially. I think he was yeah. trying to get them get somewhere them. else without them being aware that that the person they knew had been replaced by a host. All right, fair enough. But then, once he realized they were on to the gig, that's when he took his gun out. Right, termination mode. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what the... Uh, we assume it's hail, right? Yeah. Hale, what do you mean? Who's Hale? I forget the name. That's the Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, yeah, yeah. Charlotte Hale. Yeah, yeah. So so she has some plans for them. We have an idea what one of the plans is. Um, But, you know, whether she wanted to kill them, kidnap them, make them scones, we don't know. Well, and then there's the thing that gets revealed in the other, you know, the Maven Caleb finale. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we get into that finale, is there anything else on this little story we want to talk about before we 
compare that later with the Caleb story. No, I just I I, I like those two. Um, I've always liked the daughter, and I think the wife is cool now that she's come around to understanding what Caleb has been talking about the whole time. Well, that's right. it because she's see this is I've, I've talked about this in the past. This is Skylar White. This is the wife who is trying to not have our character do the shit we're, we're tuning in to watch, right? She's right. she's like, don't you go making meth. Don't you go off fighting robots. And we're going, fuck you. This is why we're here. We didn't come to watch him <laughs> read bedtime stories to his daughter. We want him to have, you know, teach his daughter how to kill fucking robots so she could be an awesome character, too. Well, now she's on board with that. So, yay. Yes, in the whole right. two episodes since we've met her. Right, right. And, and honestly, even though the characters are, are pretty cool, it's like I would have been fine if they just eliminated that whole storyline completely and just focused on our main characters that we've been following for the past couple of seasons. Well, I'm not ready to make that declaration yet because we don't know where it's going. And that's fair, too. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe, maybe they end up playing a really cool part. Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. All right, so I guess we go into Caleb and uh, Maeve. Thank you, Maeve. I should I should remember that name. Yes, um, yes you should. Yeah, I don't know what my friend's daughter's is named at, so it's like I should know this. Uh, anyway, okay, so um, so the coolest part about this episode was the orchestral version of Enter Sandman. Right. Oh, oh, uh, Eric. Uh, just a side note. Uh, the daughter, Maeve, of my friend, is the friend that passed out at the Patriots game that I sent. Pictures <laughs> <of>. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, sorry. All right. So all right, go ahead again, Eric. What, what were you saying again? All I was saying is that the coolest part of this episode was the orchestral version of Enter Sandman. That, that is true. And this is where Mike sent uh, a text to both of us saying, because of this show here, and Stranger Things. No, no, I didn't send that text. I think Eric sent that. Text. Yeah, that was me. Oh, that was. I just, you. I just sent you the music video of Enter Sandman. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and because of that, um, yeah, they're they're becoming huge. And and again, uh, well, and they're so good, but that a little band like that finally makes it prior good. to 1990. So like <laughs> both Enter Sandman and Master of Puppets, which was featured in Stranger Things, were written back in the late 80s. Right. And, and, and all sorts of shitloads of royalties on them again. They are exactly, and and uh, it's funny too. Is uh, my nephew? We had his birthday party on Sunday, and my brother-in-law got him uh, LP of Ride the Lightning. Nice, and a cassette of uh, Nevermind by Nirvana. But but a cassette. Who the yeah. hell has a cassette player? I know he he uses a Walkman. My my nephew. It's weird. I thought it was like kind of strange. But <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But but yeah, the ride the lightning. That was so blatantly because of the you know Stranger Things and and stuff. So. Well, that's actually off Master Puppets. But anywho, uh, uh right 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 right. But my brother-in-law probably doesn't know anything about Metallica. <laughs> said, said it was oh, a good probably, album. Probably. probably. That's all I'm saying. All right. So that was pretty, pretty good. Yep. That was pretty good. I wonder how many people noticed it uh, that aren't fans of Metallica. That's well, a pretty well-known song. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Metallica. I'm not a big really into metal, but I knew it. I recognized it right away. I mean, admittedly, it, I'm a Yankees fan. It was Mariano Rivera's bullpen song for 20 years. True. So it also dominated the radio for about two years straight back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And what's the name of that song? Enter Sandman. That's right. Yep. And uh, that was that was that was off of not one was it? It was the Black of, Album. Yeah, the, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. It was the Black Album after mm-hmm. after one, right? One, one, one was one. One was off and Justice for All. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, man, I forgot. That's crazy. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I just. I'm kind of sad and live still in the eighties. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I, I, there was a, uh, Mike would be proud. There was a, a trivia last week. Uh, one round was baseball and it was 10 questions. And of course I swept mm. and, and a lot of the questions are, you know, about things from the past. Never mind the present. Um, oh, it's really hard to ask those questions about the future unless Mike <laughs> Bernard is writing the questions. <laughs> that's true. And Mike, one of the questions was, what was the only player ever to get a hundred percent votes for the Hall of Fame? With Reggie Jackson. But it's it's the it's a player that Mike just mentioned a little while ago. It's it's ridiculous. It should have been about you know a hundred different players. Uh, Pete Rose. But it should have been Ted Williams. Ted Williams should have been. I mean, Mickey Mantle. Strawberry. I'm just naming uh, the yeah. players I know. <laughs> But Mike does have a fair point. But that doesn't mean Mariano didn't deserve it. It's just that oh, a lot of other players. There's no reason he should have been the first. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, I mean, you had, I think Dave it was Griffey the year before him. So, uh, who was uh, the year Tom Seaver had the record before that. If I remember Willie Mays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Nolan Ryan, uh, Tom Seaver. Oh, Steve Carlton. He should have been 100%, even though everybody hated no. him. But, but yeah, yeah, that's fair, Mike. Fair. Anyway. Anyhow. Uh, Anyway. We are we are digressing completely. Let's get to the fun part of the story now. Well, <laughs> I still think the Bernard part was better, but uh, at least the part at the at the diner that was pretty awesome. But anyway, it was yeah, that was yeah, it was. Fun. I, it was just fun watching it all the night out and walk out. Oh, I, and I, it was awesome watching Stubbs just eating the the, the sandwich, just not even paying attention there. <laughs> While he's just killing people in the parking lot. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Those poor bastards got killed for no reason, just because the computer said to do it. Because they didn't, weren't doing anything wrong. They were just uh, minding their own business. Disagree. <laughs> they were just minding their own business. And then, then he came over and he just started beating on a, his their car. If they did, someone they, did were, that they were necessary sacrifices. Yeah, I guess. Poor bastards. Could have been <laughs> any of us. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. All right. So let's talk about uh, more about uh, T- Tandy. I mean, uh, Maeve and Caleb besides Anthony Salmon. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure how to feel about the knockoff characters. Yeah. You see another version of Dolores, another version of Armistice, another version of Maeve, and I'm just like, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, the thing is, they're knockoff versions. They're meant to be knockoff versions. They communicate very clearly to us that these are the not these are the stand-ins. These are the characters, the actors like a cast to stand in when, you know, Evan Rachel Wood didn't want to be there to get her lighting cues set up. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So they read that way because to Maeve, that's how they're supposed to read. And I loved her, like, as much as she hated Westworld, 
that she's also possessive of it. And it's like, well, I did that line reading much better. Uh, (laughs) And it is, I mean, if you've ever like done a job and then, you know, moved on and someone else has done the job after you and you come along, you're like, there's like this weird territoriality of like, you know, you left that job. Uh It's, it's, you walked away from it. Right. You don't, don't, you don't have to get possessive over the fact that they hired somebody else to fill the job after you, Mm -hmm. but you still get that sort of weird thing because it's like, that's my territory. Right. And so I just, I just find it funny that Maeve has this little bit of, uh, you know, uh, ownership over, uh, over that part, but she knows it's a fiction. Well, what I did enjoy is that obviously the, the whole things they the, all they've changed is really the costumes. Uh, the town's still laid out the same. Uh, the bar has a slightly different name, but it's still the same place. It's still on the same yeah. corner. The Mariposa uh, to the, the butterfly same boat. Dolores storyline that starts with the cannon rolling across the street. <laughs> when Caleb goes to pick it up, maybe like, don't touch that. <laughs> I like that. They have, they cool. have the couple getting a photograph taken. You got the, the, the tall guy that you bump into on the way to the Mariposa, to the, well, the Mariposa meaning butterfly and the butterfly club. You have yeah. the, 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 the drunk passed out in the streets and this, there's the kids do something to get flies on him. And the, the original, they were, they were dropping scorpions on him. I don't remember what they were doing in Shogun World. Um, so yeah, there's little things all over. Oh, the 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 law enforcement looking for Hector. Right. Yeah. Um, was a bank robber in in the old west, and here he's a bootlegger. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts of little, little those little Easter eggs. I was a little disappointed because I was kind of hoping this would get us give us a chance to bring back Hector. Because mm-hmm. uh, I did, I really did like that actor. Um, but I also know it would be weird to like have him be the only one that was right. the original cast right. in this because Armistice they, they didn't bring back they had a d- dupe so yeah that's right. a fair point yeah. so yeah so this is the remake of Westworld this is <laughs> right you know and everyone's going I preferred Yul Brenner uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just true now what I didn't understand clearly is when they get um. Because their whole da- her, their whole goal is to get down to the control center underground, and and eventually they get there. But when they're there, they figure out that it's not the real control center, and then a group of people comes in from the surface. Yes. And, and I, I was I was a little confused about what, what is that group of people actual visitors to the park? Yes. Yeah, so are they, when are they when... hosts reenacting the Westworld massacre? No, when they were in the Butterfly Club, she mentions, I can't remember the name of the town now. Uh, it wasn't Purgatory. It was. was Perfection? It, per, Limbo? Uh, Perdition? Oh, Perdition, maybe. Yeah. Or something. Awesome. Whatever the name of the town was, that was the Orgy Town from back in season one. Do we all remember the Orgy Town? I know, Phil, you remember the Orgy no. Town from season one. Uh, I remember that that scene, but but I don't remember the name of the, the town. Right, so there was this one town where anything went. It was like the yeah, all West the Westworld Gone were, Wild episode, gold and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's um, and they were naked. That, it was like it was yeah, like the cool. episode that was their Game of Thrones episode of their, their they just put all their sex position in one episode. And so there was this one town where everything and, and, you know anything went. And so she makes a reference that there is this hidden mission that's supposed to. That's even more wild than that. And 
we find out that what that hidden mission is is that not only have they co-opted Westworld, they've co-opted the uh, the Westworld Revolution and turned that into a storyline. Right. Yeah. right. And, so, and I got all that. What I was confused about is whether the people that were in the control room were part of that story. Or yeah, the one who shot, the lady it. who shot uh, Maeve and Caleb, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe was a real person. I'm assuming she's not a host. Okay. Who's enjoying the park? I believe she's a a real person. And um, right. anyway, we'll get back to get to this other part. I was going to suggest later. Um, <laughs> but so I, I kind of that that was a nice little bit of of added icing to it. And they didn't spend too much time on it either. So I kind of appreciated that because we've already been through this. We were through this in in season two <laughs> with Samurai World, right? So we've seen this. Westworld with a different skin on top of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was nice to get back there. It was nice to get to a park again, but they didn't dwell too long. And so they move along. Uh, I like the fact that Caleb isn't hurt by getting shot by the gun. So we, we all know he's not a host. Well, you know, I also act- like how it still affects them, though. Like when you get shot by that gun, it won't actually injure you. But he was clearly he felt an impact. Yes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I still don't know how that works, but that's that we talked about that all the way back in season one. It's season mm-hmm. one. That is that is magic bullshit technology. Right. Uh because there is I no like that particular magical bullshit technology. Because there I I mean I can't imagine I I I I'm sure somewhere out there there are nerds who are far more and I say that with all do love and respect. There are nerds out there who are far more technically capable who could come up with a solution to explain how a bullet, once it's already fired, knows whether or not it's hitting a human or a host. I ain't the one who's doing it. But I would be curious to see what somebody comes up with. Well, I believe in the original Westworld movie, wasn't it that the gun could sense body heat? Yes. But even that, I thought, was silly because you're out in the middle of a desert and it gets hot well, enough. The whole thing's fucking silly, Mike. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, which is why you just don't try to explain it, right? Right. Just, uh, right, right. Sometimes you, your explanations, just by explaining it, it's like, you just say, where were you? I, I was out. Where were you? I, you know, I was out having... Taking uh, water. Yeah, I was out having sex with Evan Rachel Wood. Suddenly the story loses all its credibility, right? It's just... <laughs> You know, it's just just say you were out and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that's so they get uh, down in the control center. Yep. And things get weird. Um, so I, I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. Mike, do you have notes? Yes, I do. Yeah. Which sequence are you talking about? Well, they get down in the control center and then that little invasion happens from the guests. And then they end up going one more floor down. Right. And I can't remember. um, I can't remember the first thing they run into. Okay. So when they go down, they see, and I got this weird 70s science fiction vibe because it's one of these things where these sort of, generic science fiction hallways 
Right. And, and there are just two robots carrying a tray of maggots that are oblivious to them watching them. And it felt <laughs> like something you would see like the bionic woman watching in an episode of that. Or, you know, it's because it's, it's, I know this is not a low budget show, but it's because there's, there's so little detail and you just have two people in this massive complex or two robots who are mm-hmm. clearly people in costumes, you know, right. uh, we're being ignored. Um, and even then we get to the sound effect that we hear later, uh, the noise that shall not be heard, uh, had this like weird, made me think like close encounters sound, synth sound to it. But anyhow, uh, so they see them carrying the maggots. The maggots, um, they they feed to the the black liquid. The black liquid contains a parasite, and so the parasite, I'm guessing, infects the flies. The flies infect the people, and that's how they get control of the people. Well, and this is where I get a little confused plot-wise. Because, okay, clearly Charlotte's got some big, massive master plan to get revenge on the humans. Um, I don't quite understand what, what it is yet. Like, why is she doing all this shit with the flies uh, instead of just mass producing hosts and, and killing everybody? I don't know. I think part of it's such that she wants to be able to control the humans the way the humans control the hosts. Is that what the flies do? Or if not the flies and the parasites inside the flies. But but wasn't that supposedly what happened to uh, What's-Her-Face, the senator's wife? Yeah. She didn't look like she was really uh, being controlled by anyone. She just looked like she was co- cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Well, she was told to go kill the horses. Was to she? kill the thing that she loved. I mean, that's what I kind of assumed um i mean she's mad then, but also maybe she's just well you know I, I i got that because of the story with the guy from episode one the cartel guy who then like went in and killed his partners before man in black came in and, and took care of him too mm-hmm so I assume that there's some limited amount of control that they have. They just haven't perfected the technology yet. So it's something that's oh, I, okay. short term. So, so that was an experiment to see if she could make her kill her horses. That's my guess. Okay. All right. So they have them playing with blocks. Why they're playing with blocks, I have no idea. You know, I don't know if they were supposed to put the blocks in a... Like, so they see these people and then they begin to Commit suicide. Commit suicide. Is it suicide when you're forced to kill yourself? Well, there's a philosophical question. For yeah, that, 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 that's an interesting question. Yeah. Well, also, were they were they human? Because we know the the one wasn't human. Right. Um, coincidentally, the one that was taking its time. <laughs> coincidentally, uh, they cared about. Yeah. Yeah, and I I kind of called this uh because the timeline just didn't work for me. Right. Like how is she there already? Right. Yeah. Um but it doesn't matter. It's I still buy that he bought it. Yeah. Well, if you if you see an exact replica, 
and it looks like your daughter's going to kill herself, you're not going to stop and think about that kind of right. detail. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've always complained about stuff like this where, um, you know, when they see a ghost that's their wife or their husband or their kid or whatever, and they fall for it. And even though we all know it's, and she knows or he knows that it's not who they think it is because that person has already passed away years ago. And I've always felt that was stupid. And this was kind of like that because he knew damn How? well. His daughter is in the best way. Yeah, but we all we all knew it wasn't his daughter. You did. I did. Mike did. We all yeah, did. but he's been run around with with Maeve and and did he get knocked out at one point? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. No, I don't think he did. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was a, a trope, a common trope. Yeah, whatever. You're more forgiving. That's the I think moment. There are other things in the show to be more upset about. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, Mike, you were saying something? Sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's a short span of time. He didn't have any extended interaction with her. You know, he's running on adrenaline. You know, he's not looking for nuanced behavior. And he's been out of contact with her for a couple of days. So he has no idea what happens. And he knows that they're out there kidnapping and people and re- and using them for experiments and, you know, replacing them with robot hosts. So I could very easily see him, uh, you and know, getting a, a, a amount of time. She could have made it there in that amount of time, theoretically. So it's not that far-fetched. He doesn't know the whole story the way we do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. But I tell you what, man, uh, <laughs> when he does bust the nerd, and whoever came up with the design of the way now, now, first of all, I, I have a question to see if my memory's clear on something, and then a comment on it. Um, my question is: Am I correct in my recollection that? the hosts who have the face that open up like that are the older models. Yeah. That that's how Dolores was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And the other, the other comment on that is whoever came up with that particular design, that, that shit gets under my skin. That like watching that girl's face split open really gave me the willies. I did not enjoy it. If there's, yeah. if there is, I was just to say that the guy is interviewed at the end of the episode with the, and I forget his name. I, I almost rewinded it because it was like you said, it's awesome. So it's like, who is this guy? But <laughs> I, I forget his name. But anyway, go on. Yeah. It's this, 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 uh, you know, season one. It's you want to see something creepy? How about a human face splits open to reveal a robot skull underneath? <laughs> right. And then, and then season four comes along, and goes, wait a second, we can do better. <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to have a human skull open up and uh, face split apart and reveal a human skull underneath. And then flies are going to come pouring out of it into your face. <laughs> yeah, that was seriously messed up. And so now okay. the flies are, have, have invaded Caleb. We saw at least one crawl into his ear. Um, so I guess we're meant to assume that now Caleb's under control of Charlotte. That is my assumption. 
And will he go insane? I mean, he technically should. If I they, mean, he's already got mental health issues. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly he's got PTSD. He's a behavioral health individual. <laughs> he's a little bit of wackadoo. Um, yeah, so I don't know. The other thing I don't know is whether... Because from the clips we saw from next week, it's like, is there... Do you get a saving throw <laughs> versus the flies? Is there a chance to resist? It looks like there might be. Who knows? My guess would be because it is necessary to the plot for him to be possessed by the flies. So if I was the DM, I'd be saying you have to make a saving throw against every fly. Mm. At some point, you're going you're gonna to fail. Okay. Yeah, that, that, or, that or, or someone's using loaded dice, one of the two. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, uh, it's. I don't. And we, by the way, we did gloss over the fact that uh, in between there, uh, Maeve fought the Man in Black. Oh yeah, sorry about that. I just got all excited about the heads blowing open. Um, you made a, a reference to something, and I, I uh, I apologize because I don't know who it was who pointed it out. Uh, where they grabbed a did a screen grab. So there is only one man in black in that sequence, even though mm -hmm. in the way it's edited, it feels like there's two. If mm -hmm. you look at the one that comes that attacks her afterwards, there is the uh, there is blood on his chest from where he was shot. So okay, it's still the same. No, one. I figured it was. I just it all happened very quickly. It, it, that that was not the best editing, right there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It was the direction he came from that confused me. Well, and that's it, right? That's where a lot of people, you know, that's why I felt like it was a separate person. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't as clear that it was the same robot because he's man in black and you have to look for a wet spot on black as opposed to, you know, the man in white where you would see the red splotch there. Right, right. Well, and I'm a little confused as to uh, does the host man in black have all the real man in black's memories? Um, or does he just have, cause he said, I've been waiting for this for a long time. Like, is there some, he's a newly created host as of the end of last season. So he's got to have memories from somewhere else, right? That is a fair point. Yeah, I'm guessing, because they talk about, from season two and three, the idea of fidelity and recreating memories. Mm -hmm. And this was another one that somebody pointed out. Well, Carver didn't know about teaching the secret move to Bear Bear, so clearly he doesn't have fidelity. And I, my thought was, well, no, that was like something that literally happened five minutes ago. They can't have fidelity up to the last second before you were replaced by the host. Mm -hmm. You know, you, they could still have memories of everything up to, you know, 48 hours ago. So my guess is that, you know, that they had that information on William. He probably has his memories, at least up to the point that. Well, I don't remember. Robot version was created. And, and to be fair, I haven't gone back and rewatched anything, but. Uh, I don't remember why the man in black would have a grudge against Maeve. 
Uh, well, Maeve murdered his the the daughter. Right, Maeve's made the whole thing with Maeve's daughter. Okay. Uh, that was like her primary objective for the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. So then that got the two of them, the real man in black versus the real you know, William versus Maeve going back to. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Now I remember. Okay. Thank you. But, but I'm still thinking that she, he's, even if he has the memories of the old man in black, he's still a, um, tool of Charlotte. Right. right. So, if Charlotte, so it's really weird. The question is, why does Charlotte want, or or the old Dolores want, Maeve dead? I think that's the better question to ask her. Well, because Dolores wants to slash Hale wants no, let's to wipe just out. Let's call her Charlotte for sanity's sake. Yeah, sorry. Wants to wipe out humanity, and um. Uh, and uh, Maeve wants to save humanity, so that kind of puts them across purposes. And yeah. apparently, you know, she had a... There's something that happened at the lighthouse, which we will maybe find out later what that is. Um, in which, you know, I'm guessing it was a, an important mission in this whole robot rebellion thing. Uh, maybe that's had a lot to do with stopping it, stopping charlotte hale the first time uh so it could be a revenge thing it could be you're not going to stop me this time so i think it's just because she recognizes that you know she's not going to be on board with what's going on And, and she's like one of the only ones that really knows what's going on we don't even know how much the real world knows about the host we know that there was they know there were robots that rose up against them but they were these you know big ed 209 looking things uh like the worker robots we don't know if they're aware that there's the possibility of robot duplicates being out there and probably we could probably guess they probably aren't aware that 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 possibility where Maeve does Mm -hmm. right right Alright. Digging it over, but yeah, alright, that's fair. <laughs> well, and I find it interesting that uh while they have toned down uh Maeve's god mode, she's still got it. It just doesn't work as well. Like she was eventually over to able to override the door and like Caleb in, but it took her a lot of effort to do so. Right. So I'm curious as to where that might lead. Right, but if it it's all a simulation, well, well, that makes me question. It was it a secret simulation scenario? That's what you say about everything in every episode. Well, no, no, but you remember we we said they originally went down there because it was a special. It was they they took the massacre and then they made it into a uh, module, basically, you know, like in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, so that's why like, the guests were down there. Okay. That's yeah. not why Maeve and Caleb were down there. Maeve and Caleb went down there because this is, Maeve has been there before, and that's how she got down to the down below, was she just would get herself killed. But for obvious reason, that's not going to work with Caleb. <laughs> Eric, so. another, <laughs> Eric, another great 
uh, record title, uh, The Down Below. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, um, Mike, you're coming up with some good ones. Um, yeah, yeah, right, right. So, okay, all right, that makes sense. And I'm, I'm, I'm good after all. That's fine. Um, what else did we want to bring up about this story? Uh, we can, we can bring it up and combine it with. Uh, well, we already did, right? By bringing up the daughter, quote unquote, the daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. Uh, that's 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 pretty much it. I mean, I thought, relatively speaking, this was a very straightforward episode. Yes. You know, they 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 filled in a few more blanks for us. They told told us what Bernard is up to, whether you like it or not. They they didn't though. What do you mean they didn't? They didn't. What's he trying to accomplish? No, they told us what he's been up to. Oh, what he's that he up was, to. Okay. Right, what was he I doing he in said what spot? he is up to. I was like, no, absolutely, they did not tell us that. Well, he's trying <laughs> to save the world, even though it will end with his death. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> but they told us that he was in the sublime running through, you know, a thousand years worth of simulations of what humanity is going to do and basically learning... How to defeat Thanos. So we've got that part. Right. But Thanos was a hero, some say. Oh, stop. Or, or misunderstood. Yeah, like the Night King. Fuck like, off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, that is awesome. So here's the thing What does this mean for? bring this all the way around now that we've gone through all this. What does this mean for the Dolores storyline? What Dolores storyline? The Christina storyline. Okay. So, uh, there's enough information. Yeah. And I'm still thinking there is that possibility that now could this be Teddy's world? What? Well, remember they said each of the hosts in the simulation in the, the valley beyond in the sublime has created their own little reality. Oh, what if they all right, just okay. go visiting their own little realities, right? Because we saw like the two guests walking through saying, Oh, I can't believe you've never been here before. And we know Dolores didn't make it into the, the Valley Beyond, so there's no reason for her to be there unless Teddy created her. Right. But it's not Dolores. Right, that's neighbor. true, too. So, again, yeah, I still don't know whether she's in real world or simulated world. And, uh, right, and that's what I'm saying. They haven't given us the information yeah, yet. Okay. I'm yeah. just saying that that opens up more of a possibility for that now that we have established that the they're not all just riding around like sitting out on the Great Plains, which is what the Valley Beyond looked like when we saw them running through the crack in the, uh-huh. in the right, right, right. Um, oh, and tower. Uh, right about that completely. Bernard saw the tower. Did he? I think so. I missed that. Was that tower that's there at the beginning of the episode, in, in the opening credits? 
I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the, the mysterious tower that some people see, some people don't see. And then we also heard the song, and we also skipped over that to get to the the the, the bug face kid. Uh, the that uh, Dave hears the, the 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 noise, and Caleb doesn't. And so that that t- tie into that sound that the homeless man was hearing, but nobody else was hearing. Then the birds so, heard. So 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 what what is the tower? It's in the it's in the the jazz. It's in the Dolores storyline, and it's in there's a tower. The Christina storyline. And the Christina storyline. Right, tower in the but, Christina storyline that only the crazy people see. Oh, that, yeah, okay, okay, and and and, and Christina. But if you too. look in the opening credits, you see a tower. Oh, that's, that's right. There. It's yeah, in the production art that they either intentionally or accidentally showed showed us in the behind the scenes of episode one, about three minutes into that behind the scenes segment. And so I'm right. assuming that is that tower is the tower. That's the hidden tower. Right. And right. that's the tower. And, and, and that tower is visible when Bernard's running around in the great beyond. Right. Good catches. Did, did you figure that out yourself, or did you read that on like a Reddit or some group? That one, I saw that there. Yeah, sorry, that's good. So I'm, but I'm assuming that it's the same tower. Yeah, 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 right. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, let's see. Anything else on this storyline? Nope. Oh, I All think right. that's about it. All right, now. Now, we do have one email, and uh, Mike is going to read that out first. Uh, Mike is? Yep. yep Mike I would sent, have to have that email. Yep, I sent it to your uh, instant message on Facebook and also your regular text. Probably should have done that before we were recording. That is to, Actually, you probably should have read the email when we first started. <laughs> episode. But yes, yes. Uh, I assume you have those things up, Mike, right? That's uh, a dangerous assumption. <laughs> Oh. Okay, hold on a second. I'm getting there. It's getting there. All right. You can't blame this on Mike, Phil. <laughs> no, no. This, this is completely my fault. But again... Okay, was, here we go. Oh, here we go, yes. All right, there it is. All right, so here's an email from someone that I don't know because I haven't... I'm just looking at the top of the email... And I haven't gotten to the bottom yet. Hello for another ranty round, gentlemen. I will open with my absolute love of using a version of The Day the World Went Away from Nine Inch Nails. Redone by Raymond Dewadi as trailer music was just awesome. Just as awesome as when it was used as the trailer for Terminator Salvation back in 2009. Raymond Dewadi continues to show that he is a musical genius, musical score genius, just as he was with Game of Thrones and one of my Underrated favorites, the 2011 Fright Night score. Yes, I liked that one, too. Other musical highlights include the magically morose synths throughout, as well as the use of Enter Sandman in the Prohibition-era sequence. This episode is a very fun one overall. I love the badass Bernard and badass Maeve stuff. I love that. The Prohibition-era and Wyatt Riot. I like that, Wyatt Riot. Sequences using the original Westworld storylines with minor tweaks. This is the best episode of season four so far. Reminder, only three episodes. In my humble opinion, odds of st- uh, lots of stuff for you guys to cover, and I look forward to hearing your takes. One last thing. I had 
mentioned in my email last week that I don't do well with images of violence inflicted on animals, imaginary or real. It's because I have an extremely difficult time getting that kind of dark imagery out of my way to overthinking brain of mine. The same brain that leads to all these damn ranty emails of mine. My sincerest apologies to you all. LOL. Thank you for your time, and I hope that you all have a happy week ahead. And just as a reminder to Eric and Phil, Mike is always right. Sincerely, Sean from St. Albert, uh, Alberta, you did Canada. not write that, you liar. No, it says right here, Sean from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> that part. <laughs> he didn't write it, you liar. That's awesome. Um. Now I want what, what animals is he referring to? I don't remember. Did I last episode? Oh, there were the horses. The horses. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah the horses. Yeah. Right, right, right. I was trying to think of in this one, but Mike, that was a very sly of you there. Very sly. I don't know what you're talking. Very uh, dishonest. I don't know. I, I it doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well played. Well played. <sighs> All right. So uh, I think that's pretty much. A wrap up for this episode here. So I guess we can give our final thoughts on this episode here. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. Uh, yeah, I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scansty Podcast. That's spelled A S K A N C I T Y. We just recorded our 500th episode, and you can get it wherever you got this one. Indeed. Eric is a podcast fool. He started out. He started out ahead of dark discussions. Now he's fifty episodes behind. That's true. Actually, yeah, I think he did start right before. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of that, Mike, uh, what is that podcast that you just mentioned, and what's that all about? Scan City. No, the, the the one that Eric also does with us. Oh, the uh, Dark Discussions podcast. Yeah, that, is that, the, that is the that is the parent <laughs> podcast of the Dark Discussion News Network that features you and me and Eric and uh, I was going to say Bernard, but it's not Bernard. It's uh, Barrett. And, <laughs> and then sometimes Kevin or Chrissy and maybe one day someone will figure out where exactly we put what storage bin we put Abe in. Uh, yeah. Take him out. Uh but yeah, we've got we're closing in on our 550th episode. Uh, and by the way, I want to remind all of you, if you're in the Williamsburg, Virginia area on uh, the weekend of whatever the last weekend of July is, uh, that's we're going to be in uh, the Doubletree Hotel for the Scares the Care Charity Weekend. And me and Eric, I'm uh, no, sorry, me and Phil and Barrett. And then all of us are also going to be at the Mystic Connecticut meetup uh, August 19th and 20th maybe the 21st. Um, so just go reach out to us on the Facebook page to get details there. So anyway, that's the, you can, you can hear us every week. We just completed an episode about uh, the black phone and we're about to drop. Uh, we hopefully drop a uh, tribute episode to James Conn covering the horror film misery. Yep. That's right. So uh, the 540th episode was released today, which once again is July 12th, 2022. Tuesday, uh, and that was uh, as you mentioned, the black phone. So, just go check that out. Um, all right, so I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this episode. Uh, so, let's start with you, Eric. Um, yeah, I I need more. Uh, everything except for the Maeve Caleb storyline is is very irritating to me at the moment. Um, I. 
also don't quite fully grasp Charlotte's master evil plan. Um, hopefully we'll get a little more information on that as we go forward. Um, as always, the production values of this show are phenomenal and the acting is great. Um, so I don't have any problems with any of that. It's just, um, I'm done with the mystery box of BS. I just want a story. So that's why I'm frustrated. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I kind of agree with, uh, Sean from St. Alberta, Alberta, Canada, which is, this was the best of the three episodes. And then of course he did a PS, which is, there's only been three episodes. So, um, that was my PS. I threw that. In oh, there. that was yours. Well, that's see, he's a liar. Yeah, well, well, it fit perfectly though, Mike. That because that's a fair point. It's it's still uh, limited. Uh, uh, Next time has Shane Rhodes, I get to read it. I think he's going to say a bunch of stuff about how Mike is wrong. There you go. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, I enjoyed it compared to the first two episodes, which I didn't really enjoy that much. Um, so, but this one was uh, pretty solid compared to uh, the first two, and and fits well compared to some of the better episodes in the prior three seasons. Um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, Mike? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, three-eighths of the way through the season. Uh, we'll find out Charlotte's plan. Uh, you know, you have to, you, you know, like, you don't usually find, if you watch the James Bond movie, you don't usually find out until the beginning of the final act what the real plan is going to be, you know. So I wouldn't expect to find that out anyway for a little bit to go. I think we are getting a coherent story. You know, the characters are fairly uh, clear in what their current motivations are, even if they're not sure what the final plan is. Uh, things are slowly coming into focus. We're getting a little bit more information about the, these breadcrumbs coming in to lead us to the final storyline. With each episode, um, the one that's the great big mystery at the moment really is the Christina storyline, which got no extra play this week because we didn't see any of it. Uh, I've really enjoyed these last two episodes. I, it, it is always possible, as with season three, it leads to absolute fuck all. But um, right now it feels like they have a clear goal and it feels like we're moving to it and if it's only illusion i'm still enjoying that illusion at the moment all right sounds good so uh next week's episode is uh called generation loss directed by paul cameron and written by the same folks that wrote this episode here kevin lou loa or lau and susan vorbel uh so we will be recording our, that actually is on July 17th. We'll record on the 18th, and we will release the episode on the 19th. So, Are you sure? Uh, yes. Yes. I don't think <laughs> we'll screw this one up. <laughs> so. All right. So that's pretty much it. So uh, with all that stated, Eric, why don't you lose it? All right. Thanks for tuning ah, Thank you for tuning in and listening to us talk about episode three of season four of Westworld. Come back next week. We'll continue.